everyone, my name is Tim Wade, and this is the Safety Wire Podcast. When we look at the regulations that govern us as an industry, sometimes it's pretty easy to see where aviation fits in. We obviously know where we sit with the FAA. However, when we look at ground operations dealing with OSHA, EPA, DOT, it can be somewhat confusing to figure out where we sit. Now, I'm going to do a two-part series here covering some confusing regulations that we deal with on a daily basis. First up is going to be hazardous waste, storage, and generation. And the second one is going to be powered industrial trucks through OSHA. And a lot of times when people hear powered industrial trucks, they immediately think forklifts. However, when you look at aviation, our tugs, baggage cart handlers, all of these fall under the PIT standard. It's just very difficult to find where it actually sits. So we're going to go over how to get through the confusing barriers that are set up with that regulation. But right now we're going to be looking at hazardous waste and hazardous waste regulations with regards to DOT and the EPA. And there's not really a great way to start this one off. Um, it's kind of like pieces to a puzzle. One is not more important than the other, but you need them all to kind of complete the picture. So it doesn't really matter where you start as long as you get all the pieces put together. So let's go ahead and take a look at a couple definitions here. First up is satellite accumulation area. This is your convenience drum. This is the drum that's out on the hangar floor. It says fuel, hydraulic fluid, something along those lines out on the hangar floor. And it's for during maintenance. We don't want to run all the way to the main accumulation point. We have a single drum out there, mainly for convenience, like I said. This will be 55 gallons or less. So if your satellite area in your hangar that you use for convenience has more than one drum to it, you might need to adjust how your drums are laid out and how your accumulation areas are laid out. Now it says normally a single stream waste. And what this means is you don't want to see it used as a trash can, basically. You don't want to have it say isopropyl alcohol or fuel and everyone's just dumping everything they can into this drum. Number one, that would probably be really bad and some things can react to one another. But when you look at it from a cost saving standpoint and an environmental standpoint, there are certain chemicals we use in aviation that are recyclable. Our jet fuel can be reused in other applications. Our conventional hydraulic fluid is also recyclable. But if you contaminate those chemicals by dumping isopropyl alcohol into your jet fuel, it's not going to be recyclable anymore, or if you contaminate it with, with water as well, it's not going to be able to be reclaimed. And then your two things are going to happen. Number one, it's not going to be recyclable, so you're going to take a hit on how much you're accumulating that month. And you're also going to take a hit on the cost, because usually with recyclable fuel, some states might actually be able to ship it out for free. Some just take a small charge on the transportation fee. But jet fuel and conventional hydraulic fluid are in high demand because they're used in other chemicals. But if you contaminate that, it doesn't get shipped out that way. So you're going to get hit with a pretty big charge for an unknown waste or a contaminated waste. And then, like I said, you're going to hit your accumulation point. So we'll get to accumulation here in a moment. Main accumulation area. This is your final on-site storage point for pickup and transport. So this is where you take your drums and stage them for whatever company you have transporting to come in and pick up your drums at that point. So that's your main accumulation area. This is where you're allowed to have multiple drums. Your satellite area should only be one single drum. What does accumulation actually mean? This means we have filled a drum, labeled it properly, and moved it to the main accumulation area. Accumulating waste does not mean we had an empty drum and dumped a couple quarts of oil into it. Contaminated, fresh, whatever, however you want to look at that. That does not mean we have a drum with a little bit of waste in it. To actually accumulate waste, and this is important for the next slide, means we have filled a drum, labeled it, and moved it out to the main accumulation area. 
What does it mean to generate your waste? Just dumping waste into a drum or moving a drum does not mean you have generated waste. Generation means we have transported the waste off-site. Now this is a crucial component because there's a limit to how much you're allowed to accumulate and there's a limit to how much you're allowed to generate. And if you play with those numbers a little bit to keep yourself within the regulations, that's when this is beneficial to know what each of these definitions means. So once again, accumulation means we have filled a drum, labeled it, moved it out to the main site. Generation means someone has actually come and picked up that waste and transported it off-site. You have not generated that waste until it leaves your site. So how does this look for our organization? <clears throat> so if you look at this chart right here, we have three different generator statuses. This is also when it's beneficial to start looking at your state regulations. You need to know what is required in your specific state because there are some states that have different setups in this. But this is usually... Um, this is pretty common across the board for most states. This is what I use personally for uh, categorizing and shipping our hazardous waste. CESQG means conditionally exempt small quantity generator. These are generators that ship so little of waste throughout the year and throughout the month that they don't need an EPA ID. Um, they're not really regulated. They're not shipping out much. It's once in every blue moon that they're actually uh, getting rid of some. For example, up to 220 pounds of has waste per month. I think that's about half a barrel, basically. Pretty sure most 55-gallon drums of, of oil and fuel and things like that are around 400, 450 pounds. So they're really not shipping out much. It's half a satellite accumulation area at best. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and skip down. The two uh, most common ones we'll see in aviation are SQG and LQG, small quantity generator, large quantity generator. Let me start with LQG first because this is a generation status that you really don't want. If you are a large quantity generator, you should be looking at options to reduce this down unless you're just such a big operator on, on the hazardous waste field that it's you're not really getting around this one. And most companies who are at an LQG status and understand what really takes to be an LQG status, they're okay with sitting there. Their operation is significant enough that LQG is kind of where they're going to sit. Now, if you're a normal size MRO, um, normal size operator, normal size maintainer, you're going to want to be sitting in that, L excuse me, you're going to want to be sitting in that SQG area, small quantity generator. Because once you dip into LQG, there are a lot of forms, there's a lot of audits. It brings about a lot of training and time and it's a very time consuming uh level to be at okay and that's because you can pretty much store and ship uh as much as as much as you want but with that becomes a lot of responsibilities to maintain this program like i mentioned before sqgs were where we are going to want to sit and this is um anywhere from 220 to 2200 pounds of generation per month per site Okay, so if you have multiple hangers and you have three at one address and three at another address, most likely you're going to have two EPA IDs at both of those. You can have SQG status at both of those sites. All right, this is not for your entire company. This is per site. So 220 to 2200 pounds, that's roughly four barrels of waste per site per month. And that's when generation comes up. This is how much you can ship off per month. When you go into the next category, how much can you hold? How much can you collect? Basically, how much can you accumulate? That's another story, okay? So we can accumulate up to 13,200 pounds per waste, and we can hold on to that for 180 days. Now, why would you wanna accumulate 13,000 pounds when I can only ship off 2,200 pounds? The workflow changes throughout the day. 
For example, if you have an aircraft come in with uh, contaminated fuel and you offload all the fuel, it can't be recycled. It is considered hazardous waste. There's no way you're getting rid of all that fuel in one month without busting your generation status. All right, you're going to go above 2,200 pounds. There's two ways to get around that. Over the next 180 days, you can ship off 2,200 pounds every month and you will legally be within that limit. Just make sure your drums are labeled properly. They're accumulated on this date and you do not hold them past your six-month window. The other way to go around that is some states will allow for a one-time uh, allowance of generator status exceedance. You can call your local EPA and say, hey, we had this, that, and the other happen. Wasn't that we were mismanaging the program. We just had an unforeseen issue pop up. We need to ship off 4,400 pounds this month. And usually they'll work really well with you as long as you're being upfront and honest. They might have a form that you need to fill out, but they'll work with you. So there's two options you can do. Ship it off month to month within your regulation, within your generator status, or call the EPA and ask for a one-time exceedance for that. So once again, how much can you get rid of per month is your generation. How much can you have on site per month is your accumulation and how long you can keep it on site is the last column there. So for CESQG, there's no time limit for a small quantity generator. For most of us, it's going to be about 180 days and then large quantity generator. This is where they get tight on the regulations. They don't really care how much you're producing and shipping off every month. They care how long you hold it. So they don't want ridiculous amounts of hazardous waste sitting on an unregulated site for over 90 days. They want that getting out and going to um, going to a disposal site and being properly managed at that point, okay? So we're gonna go ahead and move this forward and see what this looks like in real time for your operation. So what we see here is a really terrible PowerPoint drawing of a barrel sitting at a satellite accumulation area. When this is at the satellite area, the barrel's only required to have two things, hazardous waste written on it in the name of what is in it once again do not write the accumulation start date because this might take you eight months to fill up this barrel and if you slap the date on it right when you put the barrel out there you've only got six months to dispose of it okay so don't put the accumulation start date until this is filled and moved to the main accumulation area okay so two things has waste and what is in the barrel this is at the satellite zone now we're going to go ahead and fill up the barrel i know everyone is super impressed by the animation skills here once we have filled up our barrel here, we're going to move it to the main accumulation area. Still required to say has waste, still required to say what's on it or what's in it, excuse me. Um, but now we have an accumulation start date. Now we have accumulated the waste. We moved it to the accumulation area and now our generation window is starting. We have 180 days to generate it. We have 180 days for somebody to come pick this waste up and ship it out so that's the items you need on your barrel and that's about as far as we're going to get into the weeds for our hazardous waste regulations all right this is how we store it how we ship it and what those words truly mean a lot of times i'll do an audit and you'll see a barrel sitting out on the floor and have an accumulation start date from like a year ago and you're like well, why is that on there well the barrel's not filled yet okay then you have not accumulated that waste yet all right so this is why i really wanted to hit hard those definitions because if you use them the correct way your program runs smoothly and you don't have any issues with the EPA or DOT going forward. Speaking of EPA and DOT, if you are the one signing the manifest to ship off your hazardous waste, make sure you have your training in line. You need two different trainings in order to sign a manifest. You need RICRA, the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, and you need DOT. You need the Department of Transportation Shipping uh, certification. So those are two different trainings. They have uh, different training windows for them in order to sign the manifest. 
If you're storing hazardous waste, you need RICRA. If you are shipping hazardous materials, you need your DOT and IATA training. If you are signing the manifest for these chemicals to get on a truck and be shipped off as generated has waste, you need both of the trainings together. Okay, so hopefully this training has been enlightening. Hopefully this uh, bridges a couple gaps that you may have in your own programs. Like I said, next training we have coming up is going to be powered industrial trucks and the OSHA regulations governing them. How does that apply to aviation? If there are any other um, inside trainings that you guys would like of things that are confusing you, issues you're having with your own safety programs, please uh, drop them in the inbox. I would love to cover them and how I'm operating with them. If anything, it gives me some great time to research the regulations myself and improve myself as a safety leader. So if there's any questions or concerns, please let me know. Once again, thank you for joining me on the Safety Wire podcast. Take care.